1: Welcome to a brand new ArsBlog ArsCast right here on arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. It's Friday morning. We played in the Europa League last night. So normally I try and get the podcast done on a Thursday, so it's available first thing on a Friday morning. But considering the game didn't finish till 10 o'clock, there was all the stuff to do after the game, the post-match stuff and everything else. I've had to uh, put off podcast production until this morning. So uh, apologies if you were expecting something first thing in the morning. But this, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the absolute worst consequence of being in the Europa League. Forget the long distance travel, the flights, the rickety roads to get to stadiums. Forget the, the low quality games against relatively low quality opposition. It's the fact that the podcast is delayed and it interrupts my schedule. That is absolutely the worst bit about the Europa League, which is why, of course, I hope we get back into the top four next season. I know Stan Kroenke will say it's good for us because it raises our profile as a club and generates more revenue for for me, Stan, KSE to invest back into the club because of our self-sustaining model. And Unai Emery will say, yes, it's a good idea because we're playing football at the highest European level and that makes us a more attractive opposition. And Sven Mislintat and Raul Sanjei will say, yeah, we can bring in better players because, A, we've got more money, because Stan will definitely let us have the money, and we've got Champions League football to offer these people, and you generally get to play good teams in slightly better locations than you do in the Europa League. I understand all that. The players themselves, of course, will be delighted to be back in the in the Champions League because they all want to be part of it, but me, uh, the only reason I want us to get there is is so my podcasting schedule remains uninterrupted and I don't have to do things on a Friday morning. However... However, needs must. So we're going to talk now in a couple of moments' time to our guest about the uh, the game last night. Very disappointing not from uh, not from the result point of view. Nil nil. Not great. You know, it wasn't the greatest game of all time. Uh, wasn't the greatest performance of all time. Unai Emery, I think, quite interestingly, showed us where his priorities really lie. I know he's. He's used a a pretty strong squad in some of the Europa League games, but when it came to the crunch, he rotated heavily, and he showed us that the Premier League is absolutely the first priority, which, of course, is obvious, but... Uh, the, the team selection last night against Sporting really did speak to keeping important players in reserve. No Granit Xhaka, no Lucas Torreira, uh, no Mesut Ozil, no Alexandra Lacazette, no Hector Bellerin. Maybe it was injury because... Uh, Bellerin was a slight doubt going into the Liverpool game, but he wasn't taking any chances with anyone. No Bernd Leno uh, in the squad yesterday. So it shows us how he's viewing the Europa League in the context of the Premier League when we do have difficult Premier League games to come, and we've got one on Sunday against Wolves at the Emirates before we go into an interlal. So, you know, the the overall performance wasn't particularly good. It was, I think, fairly standard... Europa League Fair Sporting were completely And utterly unambitious They didn't really come out And attack Therefore we didn't get Any space in behind They were pretty organised And we found it a, A bit difficult To create chances we are qualified for the uh, knockout stages of the Europa League, which, of course, is uh, positive. We haven't yet won the group and topped the group, but uh, we'll discuss what he might do in the uh, the final two Europa League games with uh, with our guest, Tayo. Uh, we'll be along now in a moment, uh, but obviously the injury to Danny Welbeck was uh, a real shame because he's a guy who's had such problems down the years. Since he joined us, uh, I think he was fairly fit at Manchester United, but he had this injury with us, bone bruising, which they thought was going to go away after a while and eventually required surgery. And having come back from the surgery, I don't think it was too long afterwards, he did the meniscus in his knee and that set him back another six months or whatever it was, he was on the sidelines. So, He's had two really, really lengthy spells out of the game while at Arsenal, and it looks as if he's going to have another one uh, after what appears to be a very serious ankle injury. If you looked at the picture, he's gone over on his ankle, his studs have got caught in the turf. Whatever it is, the foot is not the right way. So Unai Emery said afterwards they think something is broken in there, and whether there's other damage to ligaments or tendons or anything like that we don't know yet and probably won't know for a little while we certainly don't know first thing on on friday morning and danny welbeck whatever you think of him as a player he's experienced he's an international he adds some depth to this squad you know we have obama Yang, we have lacazette and danny welbeck is our third choice striker And I think uh, quite a lot of clubs would like someone like Danny Welbeck to be their third choice striker, particularly this season when he stayed fit and he's contributed and he's given the squad some depth. So really disappointing for him to pick up that injury. All you can do is wish him the absolute best and hope he recovers speedily and fully. Um, His contractual situation is another side issue, but... To discuss it a bit more, I think we should bring in our guests now. So, as always, a pleasure to welcome Tayo Papula to the show. How are you, man?
0: Hi, Andrew. I'm really good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm good. I suppose when we think about last night, there's only one place to start. It's not the scintillating nil-nil draw. It's not the fact that we are now qualified for the knockout stages of the Europa League. It is the injury to Danny Welbeck. We don't have the full scope of what it is, but they fear a broken ankle. And I guess along with a broken ankle, there could be damage to ligaments and everything else. If you saw the picture of the way that his ankle twisted underneath him, it was not a a healthy situation for Danny. And it's really difficult not to feel absolutely gutted for him because he's had such a such a hard time with injuries and he really does seem like one of the good guys, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. What you said, Andrew, it's just, it's just really unlucky for a player who seemed to be finding his place in the team. But more importantly, it's just someone who's been so desperately unlucky with injuries, um, has always given, um, the best that he can for the side. And as you say, seems really popular there. Um, he's got, no, he's got his start and he scored the crucial goal for us over there. And, uh, it is important to say that he was finding his place in the squad behind the front two, of course, behind the first, you know, the, the first teamers. but he had a, he had a valuable role to play in the team this season, um, you know, across that front three, if not, you know, if not in his favorite position. Um, and then you bring into the, then you bring into it the obvious thing that he's got a, um, his contract's up at the end of the yeah. season, and and you just have to wonder whether you're going to see him in the shirt again. And um an injury in a last, you know, an injury at this time, an injury at any time is terrible. Of course, it is an injury at this kind of critical part of his career. He's got a new manager to impress, which he was doing. Um He's not at the start of his career. Let's face it. So this kind of injury is just so sad for such a and you knew you know for such a lovely bloke, and you knew immediately as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, he did as well. He went up for. You didn't even have a chance to go, you know, hands on the head and miss chance kind of thing because his hand went up immediately and the the reaction from the other players is always telling. Yeah, And, and then there was just that really awkward hush, which we've seen many times, you know, at the stadium over the years. Um, well, if, as an Arsenal fan, um, just, yeah, just really, really sad for him. And it was... Um, you know i mean the game wasn't the best at the time but it did kind of knock any 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 extra wind out
1: yeah i think it did i mean the the thing about this particular injury coming to him at this particular time as you mentioned the contract situation he doesn't have the security of knowing that he's going to going to be at arsenal next year so that adds an air of uncertainty to it it's uh it's a situation i, I don't think we know exactly what's gone on with the Welbeck situation, whether he's even had a contract offer from Arsenal. I'm not sure that he has. You know, it's not a case that he's decided to turn it down uh, or he dallied over it or delayed over signing, as as perhaps was the case with Aaron Ramsey. We just don't know that he's been given a new contract and probably come the summer for him to leave on a Bosman would maybe have suited arsenal would maybe have suited danny welbeck they could use him throughout this season which i think was happening while reese nelson for example is away being blooded in hoffenheim he comes back and he can then more or less naturally fit into the welbeck space in the squad leaving aside of course the fact that we could have cashed in and maybe sold him for 15 or 20 million pounds in the summer It would be a a shame if it was a case that this injury ended his Arsenal career. If we didn't get a chance to see him in the in the shirt again, unfortunately, that's happened a few times. You think most notably with Santi Cazorla as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this manager as well, Andrew. As well, um, you may argue that under under the previous regime, then then Danny Welbeck would have been handed a year extension. Uh, who knows you might still be, but you know uh, there doesn 't seem to be what i 'm saying is that there doesn't seem to be a great deal of um sentiment um with this manager you know um and this the regime, and perhaps it shouldn 't be in, in in terms of it being a business, yeah. you know which of course it is, but um yeah, you do kind of you you wish that well but could maybe catch a break, and I do think that. You know, the way that Santi Cazorla um was allowed to move on, um Aaron Ramsey um fully fit Aaron Ramsey is is being moved on fairly, you know, um fairly unceremoniously. Um and they won't sentiment won't play a part in the fact that we've probably um seen uh, that, you know i say the last of Danny Welbeck in terms of playing in the team. Um, I can't, you know, um, hopefully there'll be something for him at the end of the season. We don't know the extent of the injury yeah. at this point, I should say, but it just feels, it, 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 it felt it felt very depressing for, for, for him and, you know, um, well, for him, actually, for no one else. It felt very depressing for him and upsetting for us to watch.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: he has been used quite a lot by Unai Emery, you know, I, either as a guy who's come on in games, uh, he, I think he likes his athleticism and his physicality and the work rate that he gives you, but also the fact that he stayed fit and scored five goals this season. It's not a huge return. Nevertheless, you know, for a guy who hasn't been starting that regularly, five goals is a, yeah. is a reasonable return. As you said, he got the, the winner out in Lisbon in the previous game. He is experienced. He's an international player. And it does, if he is out, leave a bit of a, a gap in the squad. We had that unfortunate thing as well for Eddie Nketiah, who was ready to come on. Oh. Uh, and you really, you know, you can have sympathy in many ways for for Danny Welbeck, but also have some sympathy for a young player who was about to make his first appearance of the season. Uh, you know, how gutting is that to be on the sideline, stripped, ready to come on, and then you see Licksteiner do his hamstring? It means a rethink, and he can't come on. Uh, and we put on Ainsley, Maitland, Niles instead. Which I suppose we should say is a bit of a positive because he's back from an injury that he picked up at the start of the season. So having that little bit of depth there and having him back is is good. But Eddie and Keddie I might fancy his chances of getting some playing time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we sit, Andrew. We sit in front of. We sit in front of that happening. Um, just to the right of the tunnel by the press box. That's where all our gang is. So we can see, you know, you can see that very clearly. And and he looked, I mean, he looked, as you would be, um, you know, a young kid, as you say, about to come on. He looked crushed. And we've seen that before. And it is football. And, you know, um, the swings and roundabouts mean that because of Welbeck's injury, he'll be that step closer to making his debut against, um, to, to to making his start in um, the Carling Cup, albeit it's against them, um, or in the in the future, in, in you know in in the Europa Cup rounds and stuff. So that was that, but that was really sad for him. It was quite nice to see, you know, the squad working as you say. Ainsley Maitland Niles coming back. Um, we've been putting out not you know, not quite a second string. We've been using the extent of the squad, and you can see that Emery's kind of. Um, um, is making that work for him. So um, it felt quite sad yesterday having those two injuries. We haven't had a kind of evening like that for a while because, um, you know, it, it. it's worked. I guess what I'm saying is that the squad has kind of worked. Some players have come out, others have come back. People have taken their chances, as you say, yeah. to have that option for Maitland-Niles to come back. It seemed like at the right time, Kolasinac came back in time. Do you know what I mean? So that we haven't had... Um, I mean, you know, we all remember the great left-back crisis of, yeah. what was it, 2009 or something like that? Or, you know, Arshavin up front. Those kind of things haven't happened for a while. Um, so, it is desperately unlucky for the players going out. It was yeah. hard for Eddie N- Nketiah, um to miss out. But he'll definitely get his chance.
1: I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, when you look at what's left in this Europa League uh, campaign, we've got a trip to Ukraine which, uh, from what I believe, uh, is a flight and then a a fairly substantial road journey to get to to Vorskla, which is coming on a Thursday, and on the Sunday, we have a North London derby. So, uh, as much as Unai Emery has tried to make the squad competitive and kept the Europa League uh, more in line with the Premier League sides than Arsene Wenger did last season, when he looks at these last two games, given that we've already qualified... You know, ahead of a North London derby against a a Spurs team who, you know, are are decent, as we know, I want to see Nkedia, not just because I want to see a young player in the team, but because I don't want to see Lacazette or Aubameyang making that kind of a journey before we have a game of of that importance. There is obviously going to be some uh, senior player involvement. There has to be. The squad is not that deep that we can completely change it around. But it is the kind of game where you're thinking, okay, this is where we need to, to give him a chance. We've got to focus on Premier League. You've got Tottenham coming up and then Manchester United three days later. You know, if you bring key players for those games to Ukraine to play in a game, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter that much. I'm not sure topping the group makes a huge amount of difference in the Europa League. You know, I, I think this is where he's got to draw a line between the Premier League and the Europa League.
0: A hundred percent. And you know what? It feels yesterday had that second string feel about it, but it was a very strong one as well. So I kind of feel confident going with that more so than when we used to send, you know, you know, the December game, you know, the December game six where we would send, you know, (laughs) which we've all seen again for the last, you know, five, seven years where we'd send a team and just wait for them to get beat. You'd feel confident with them. And that's another, you'd feel confident with, you know, um, the side that we would send Um, and that was another reason why it was quite sad for having Danny Welbeck as your you know your second string forward is fantastic yeah Um, and you know we saw Ramsey yesterday I thought Mkhitaryan had a game and that would hopefully help his confidence because I think because he said you know I think he's struggled a little bit. Um, We can still send, as you say, quite a strong side out there. It was interesting to see um, uh, Socrates come back yesterday, you know. Um, And I've already mentioned Kalasinac and got to mention Jenkins and I'm sure we'll come back to him later (laughs) on. But uh, there was a, um, yeah, we've got to send out, we can send a squad out there preparing us for Tottenham, but also should hopefully do enough to win the game. I hope some of them don't travel. I know he's, you yeah. know, even, even for the bench, I know he's done that a little bit, but there's a mental refreshment that goes with staying at home and watching TV, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've got, a, uh, um, yeah, and we have to, <laughs> and frankly, we have to beat them.
1: The group stages themselves in the Europa League, uh, it's fair to say, are not great. I did enjoy Tim Stillman's tweet last night. He said, sporting Arsenal's closest rivals to top the group didn't produce a shot on target over 180 minutes against two understrength, below-par Arsenal teams. Group stages are a load of old shite. (laughs) uh, Which uh, I, 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 I think... It uh, applies much more to the Europa League than the Champions League, for example, because there tend to be maybe two reasonable teams in a group and you can find yourself in a group with with three or four actual good teams. So the, the quality of the opposition, therefore the quality of the games uh, is a bit more interesting, you know, on the basis of that, though. Yeah. You would have to you would have to fancy our chances of getting a result going to <laughs> Ukraine with an understrength, strength, under par team. You know, you, mm. not that you take anything for granted. Every game is difficult. Blah blah blah. But I, you know, <laughs> you ask, on, come yeah, on. come on, <laughs> exactly, and ask yourself: Would you rather go and see Mesut Ozil uh, uh, score a hat trick against Vorskla and then? You know, do his backing, getting onto the plane on the way back, and therefore miss Tottenham and United. Or, you know, can you take a, a a relatively poor result without it impacting your your chances in in the knockout stages? It's it's just a no brainer.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I've been really disappointed. I mean, I was really disappointed with. Um, with that sporting side home in a way, you know I was away unfortunately so I couldn't go to the away leg because you know that, that, that would have sounded that, that kind of sounded fun trip to Lisbon and so on but the game didn't kind of live up to it uh, maybe as with a lot of these kind of European ghosts you kind of live in the you know you live in the romance of your head that a trip to Lisbon is going to be great and you know um, and it's going to be more of an exciting game but they were nasty yesterday as yeah, well seeing, they were, them, weren't they, seeing yeah. them close up they were properly snide I mean led by led, of course, by Nanny, who played his part, you know, to perfection. But they were really, really sly. And um, a shout-out to Guendouzi, actually, yesterday, because he was getting really frustrated. We've seen him lose, you know, we've seen him kind of uh, with the Rash Challenge the other week, or at least the kind of inexperience the other week. He was getting really, really narked yesterday, and they were trying to do that. And, um, yeah, no shots on target, and a really snide disappointing side i think maybe the novelty of uh, going to new places which we enjoyed last season <laughs> kind of kind of dissipated a little bit when the groups came through this time you know yeah. the first question is where and then second one is who um, so let's get to the you know let's get to some good teams quickly because um um and hope you know hopefully this is the last year that we're going we're going to have to do this one other thing i mean but just before um welbeck got got injured mm. I, I was saying that it was. I was kind of hoping to see Obama um, Young come on, in his in his preferred position, in that well better position in the, as a central forward, if you like. Because I know recently, because I wanted to see him get that run out. They're not in the way that he did, unfortunately. But um, with Lacazette, you know, making that making the the central berth kind of his own with his form recently, I kind of wanted to see Obama Young get a um, get a run out um, and see whether. He, you know, he could have more of an attacking threat from a central from a central post because I do wonder what the effect is going to be. I know he's done well out there, but I do wonder what the effect is going to be for you know he's been playing a central striker all his life, mm. um, and so I did want to I kind of hoped that he'd um, get a couple yesterday and um, and 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 grow taller as a result of it. Really, so I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to develop this season. I know we seem to be muddling through with it at the moment, but we have got two. You know, two highly kind of technical players in that position, yeah. um, um, kind of rotating on terms of form at the moment. You know, it was different last season with um, um, I think Aubameyang was playing more central last season. At least he started off that way. Yeah. Um. So, um, I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. Four four two.
1: Four four <laughs> two. Four four two. Those now, days are done. Oh, I know those days are done. But it is a conundrum for Emery, I think. And you're right. You know, it was. You know, the the overall performance from Arsenal wasn't great. We didn't create a great deal of chances. I think Aubameyang had one very early in, in the second half. And right towards the end, he he might have got a goal when he went through behind and he got chopped down by Mathieu, who got the, the red car. But it, it really does still feel like this is an area that Emery has to make a decision on sooner rather than later. Although I wonder if he kind of considers it the least of his problems in a way. Yeah. Because when you've got Lacazette, Aubameyang, Ozil, and Ramsey, you had Welbeck. Uh, you've got Alex Awobi making strides as well. Uh, you're probably a little less focused on how you deploy those players. And you worry a little bit more about the... The defensive side of your team particularly in Premier League terms you know as encouraging and and positive and everything else as the Liverpool game was at the weekend and I still feel really good about what we did in that game you can't ignore the fact that there were chances for Liverpool as there have been in almost every game that we've played so far this season and on the one hand you know i'm absolutely behind the whole concept of enjoy the results enjoy the run we're on it's 14 games unbeaten now or whatever it is brilliant i think that's absolutely fantastic and i'm on board and i'm positive about it at the same time there is a there's a nagging doubt you know in the pit of my stomach that one day <laughs> one day we're going to get punished for the chances that we give the opposition and we won't necessarily have the goals in us to rescue the situation, so you know we we saw last night that uh, Sporting weren't that good. They weren't really in any way ambitious. They were well organized and they sat deep and they 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 really made it difficult for us to break them down. But we couldn't find a way through. So it's not as if we're sc- uh, you know um, we're we're scoring in every single game. Although we have scored in every single game up to now, I, I, it's just the point I'm making is that at some point we might hit a blank up front and it might coincide with the opposition taking their chances at the other end.
0: That's true. But, um, and I share your, you know, I share that feeling in the pit of the stomach, but, um, after this, that's what was so encouraging about the Liverpool game. Look, we thought we were going to get, if not a Mercer style banking, you know, we knew it was going to be a test and you know how nervous it was, but the team played <clears throat> so well and defended, um, so well, by being on the front foot, you know, a lot of the time and absorbing a lot of the pressure. Yes, we did, you know, yes, we did con- con- concede chances. But I just felt really s- encouraged defensively that perhaps we are slightly further on than, than you know, th- than we thought. And maybe that's something to do with, if not so much the back four, but the back six, you know, um, with... Yeah. Uh, Torreira pulling, pulling a, deep, a really strong performance out of Shaka. Um, and um, my one of my favourite things was seeing um, Shaka's tackle back on Salah. Um, it seems like that little period at the left, maybe he wouldn't have done that if he hadn't been playing left back for the last couple of weeks before, but it just seems like defensively we are moving towards what. Um, Unai Emery once, you know, and um, so I'm slightly less terrified with the games coming up than than if, that's, if that could be seen as a positive. Being slightly less terrified—that's wow. well, good.
1: It's it's incremental uh, progress. Is that that's another way of putting it? If we could do it in marketing speak,
0: yeah. And, it, and and look, I mean, we're going to come on. You know, we're, we're watching him improve players. I mean, Rob Holding was great um, against Liverpool. Um, you and I's, you and I's favourite, Mustafi. Um, uh, I always think of you when he does something. Like well, right, as you know, I message you, kind of <laughs> giggling as I do it, because I know that you're, because I know that you're there punching yourself in the face. But he, you know, but he had a, he had a good game, and defensively that seems to be, there is an improvement there, and you just it's brilliant watching these players be improved you know, week yeah. on week at the moment, which sounds really, really obvious, but hasn't been really obvious until yeah. now.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, even Carl Jenkinson is starting games again.
0: Uh, oh. the I prize mean- winner himself. I keep thinking he's gonna come out at half time and take some shots against Garnosaurus just to kind of complete. <laughs> <laughs> Just to complete the, uh, you know, uh, look, the image. We oh, shouldn't, that,
1: we, he's living the dream. He is living the dream. He is the living dream. the dream. He really is. And um, you know what? You know that moment where he took that shot yesterday. The ball dropped to him uh probably a good 35 yards out and he thought fuck (laughs) fuck it when am i ever gonna get a chance to have a go at this again i know what he was thinking he catches the ball sweetly it loops up in the air it's one of those where you think it's going miles over the keeper's looking at it all of a sudden it starts to dip and it just dips under the crossbar postage stamp that's where it goes on the, on the volley, he turns away and soaks up the admiration and the adoration from the Arsenal fans. Because you know what? In that situation, I would have tried exactly the same thing. It probably would have come, come off exactly the same way. But yeah. I don't
0: blame him one bit for having a go do you know what you've just described that it's the same position you've just described David Bentley's goal against us and now 4 all <laughs> <laughs> in the, almost the same position catch it the same way it's going to dip in like that yeah he'd scored it before he would hit it hadn't he but yeah. yeah he goes on he's living the dream he's us on the pitch he plays for the club that he supports I mean um, and he did a shift at left back as well so um, fair play to him and Again, going back to this thing about the squad, he's been, reintegr- he's been reintegrated into the squad, um, and he'll see some games this season. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's a that's a real positive thing. I do wonder if um, Callum Chambers is looking at all of this, thinking, do you know, what I could have been, I could have been part of this. A little bit. I don't I, think it was his choice. No, exactly. I might, I might, I might add. But yeah, I mean, he still might look a little bit wistfully in thinking that this would be a good squad to be training with and to be improving with. Do you yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um. One of the other players who has improved, I did mention mention him a bit earlier on, was Alex Iwobi. Uh, yeah. l- like others, he didn't quite hit the heights yesterday against sporting but i thought he was very good when he came on against liverpool that moment where he did matrix football on the left wing against was it alexander arnold um the feet were just like it reminds me of when i play video games and lots of people are good at video games when it comes to fighting and swords and all that kind of shit and they can press all the buttons and do the special moves like in Street Fighter 2 and that kind of shit whereas (laughs) I just just would go in and just like just smash, 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 smash smash the buttons and his feet were moving like that it was unbelievable the way he got past that guy but you must be very pleased with the progress he's making this season Uh, I still think there's there's a need for him to just provide a little more end product
0: in terms of what he's doing.
1: But I I think overall, there is definitely an improvement in his game.
0: Yeah, but like everything about this season, it is incremental, really. He has, um, you know, you mentioned he made such a positive impact when he came on against Liverpool. Um, So that was, you know, a a great substitution at a great time going at... You know, going out a young fullback later on in the game with his energy, and that's what you know. And 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 the pass that kind of led to the goal. And he said himself, he's playing with he's playing with a bit more energy and confidence. Confidence, you know, yeah. um, which has been just the real key. He's taking on players and not letting his head go down. Afterwards, he's chasing back if he does make a kind of mistake with it. Um, I'm yeah, so so happy for him that I thought he'd start um against Liverpool um ahead of mikatarian I think um you know perhaps mikatarian's kind of more defensive awareness kind of um uh, um got him the got him the berth but yeah. you know he did exactly what he had to do when he came on and he's done that this season and he's another you know another player who's been I know you've been saying you're hammering the point home when you're on your on on the ask cast beforehand but you know this manager's improving improving players he's whether they've got better instructions or they've got some or they're just taking a new lease of life i'm not you know i was a i was a, i'm not gonna denigrate the old regimes yeah. uh, you know um and you know start rewriting history but um there has been there's a, there's quite obviously an uplift and impetus for players like like it won't be really yeah. um and also you know, it's great to see. Yeah, he's, a, he's a youth product, you know what I mean we want to see yeah. we want to see these guys getting more okay. and it's, it's really important him Maitland niles um, these are youth products who are blossoming and feeling that they've got a place in that team and um, yeah it's really really exciting to see.
1: Mm. I think that gets a little bit left out when it comes to discussion of Iwobi perhaps yeah. because you know he'd represented England uh, at youth level for many years and then they just left him alone and didn't call him up and he obviously uh, went for Nigeria I do I'm wonder pretty, if I'm the, pleased about that Yeah no I'm sure you are and <laughs> I'm sure lots of our Nigerian uh, listeners are as well um but I do wonder if the if the the story around him would be different if he had been uh, an England player or had been uh, an England international rather than a Nigerian international and his status as a homegrown player would probably get mentioned a bit more but anyway that's a discussion for another day just very finally and that leads us quite nicely into it uh, tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing at the moment because people will know or maybe they don't but you you produce um, lots of Lots of stuff for people to listen to—radio shows and podcasts and that kind of stuff. But you're working on a very interesting pro- project at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'm currently making a documentary called "The Black Footballers' Dilemma." It's um, it's 40 years since uh, Viv Anderson made his debut for England this month, and I'm making a program for Radio Four I'm looking at the the experience. It's called the black the experience of a lot of the you know the 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 for- a lot of black footballers in the top flight um, over over that forty year period. It's a you know kind of personal stories, but also looking at the issue about um, you know whether they confronted or conformed. You know, kind of whether they made their um, how they negotiated their way through a pretty racist um, time yeah. and the choices that they made. And I've been it's presented by Clark Carlisle. Um, isn't "Oh, i couldn't couldn't speak any more highly of a really really lovely bloke um and it features uh, Paul Mortimer um I went up to Liverpool to see John Barnes I went to go to um even more glamorous St. Albans to meet our own Paul <laughs> Davis um and Tuesday Club fans will want to know that I didn't take him any minstrels um <laughs> on this <laughs> on this occasion went to see Brendan Batson yesterday so just kind of in, you know these individual stories um and that's going out it's it's on archive on And that's going to be next Saturday night. And of course, uh, on the iPlayer, it's been illuminating, depressing. Um,
1: That's a question I just want to ask very quickly. I mean, how illuminating has it been given that I think people were well aware of how difficult it was for black footballers at that time? You don't have to go back too far. To find bananas being thrown on the pitch and all that, but was it was it worse? Having spoken to these guys, was it worse than you thought it was or understood it to be?
0: It's as bad as I understood it to be. It's in, it's in, incredible to think of the strength, strength whichever way, strength whichever way you decided to deal with it. Whether it was strength in confronting, you know, your own play, your own teammates. As well as supporters, mm. um, or kind of navigating your way through with a more kind of in in, in a slightly more peaceful way. But there, in 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 I've in either case, in any case, first of all, there's no right answers, and secondly, any way that you choose to confront that kind of uh, prejudice and navigate a, a, a career, yeah. Um, Took a massive amount of strength, and and bear in mind, I'm only talking about. I've, I've only been talking to players who achieved a quite high level. Um, you know, there are players uh, in the lower leagues. Um, and in fact, it, it, there's players all. You know, there's players and there's people, of course, who've had to who've had to put up with this um, for longer than the forty years of course that we're talking about um, and made it easier for, um, for, for, for for the players today you yeah. know we're kind of standing on the shoulders of those, of, of those giants of those pioneers who went before you know we talk about obviously Cyril Regis who passed this year I've mentioned um, Brendan Batson and Viv Anderson and Paul Moymo and I spoke to Pat Nevin who plays a really key part in this story which um yeah hopefully um <laughs> once i finish it it should be a uh, it should be an interesting um interesting experience for anyone listening
1: all right well look we'll uh, we'll give it a good uh plug on the site when it's up and available that's uh, around next week I, I, I reckon it's something we could probably do a whole podcast on as well um but we better leave it there for now because uh, you've got important things and people to attend to this morning so look thanks for your
0: time Tyo. great to talk to you always a pleasure andrew cheers pal underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com
1: it's a brand new year and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of those i was there when arsenal actually scored a gold t shirts would fly off the shelves right now and to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. As ever, thanks a million to Tayo. You can follow him on Twitter at DJTayo, at DJTayo. And who knows, there might be a Tuesday Club podcast or two along the way at some point during this season. Uh, Well, Beck, what can you say? It It really is a big shame. The contract thing, I was thinking about that a little bit, and we had a situation, didn't we, with Santi Cazorla where he was injured, badly injured, been out of the game for a while, and Arsenal extended his contract and gave him an extra year and during that period of time he continued his rehab unfortunately he couldn't get back in time to make one final appearance uh, in the Arsenal shirt which uh, I think still is a real shame and the The fact that we never got a chance to say goodbye properly to Santi Cazorla is is a real shame as well. But the difference is he was a player of 32 years of age who had an option for an extra year on his contract that the club make a decision about whether or not they take up. And I think leaving aside the business element, leaving aside the financial element, What I always liked about Arsenal and Arsene Wenger was the fact that they considered the human element as well. The players are people. And when we decided to extend Santi Cazorla's deal by one year, it was obviously with the hope that he might come back and play for us, but it was also the right thing to do. It allowed him to continue his recovery from what was a truly horrible injury when you consider that he had to have you know skin from his arm uh grafted onto his Achilles he had to have te- I, you know it was just terrible in the infections and and everything else so if arsenal at that point in in a player's life and his career with his career on the line basically even though he was You know, in the the latter stages of it anyway, when he was really low as a a person, he was away in Spain. His family, I think, were back in the UK, and he was was going over and doing his rehab in Spain. It was a, a dreadful injury. If at that point we had said, well... That's it. We wash our hands of you. I would have been so disappointed in Arsenal as a football club. I think we did the right thing by Santi Cazorla. We gave him that that comfort of an extra year. He even spoke about it himself, saying how important it was knowing that he had this reassurance there, and it helped him come back. And he's back playing now for Villarreal, and that's fantastic. And I I don't think anybody would begrudge Santi Cazorla a couple of extra years uh, playing football considering what he missed. The difference, I think, with Welbeck is that Arsenal had all appear anyway to have made a decision about Welbeck's contract, that they're not going to extend it. And I don't think an injury, regardless of how serious it is or how sorry we feel for Danny Welbeck or how much sympathy there is for him, that should then spark a new contract offer. If you weren't going to give him a new contract when he was fit, you're not going to give him a new contract when he's injured just because he's injured and it might sound a bit harsh but he's still only 27 Danny Welbeck he might miss the rest of this season I hope he comes back before that but he may well miss the rest of this season but he can get treatment he can get recovery he can get physiotherapy he can get rehab he can do his fitness he can work his way back to full proper fitness at Arsenal with all the facilities available, with all the staff available, with all the the resources available to him. And in the summer, at 27 years of age, maybe he'll be 28, he's available on a free transfer to whoever wants him. And you can be quite sure that somebody will want him. So it really is a bad situation for him this season. I think it's a blow to us right now. I'm not sure what might happen with Reese Nelson. I'm trying to figure out or find out whether or not we can recall him Uh, from his loan spell with Hoffenheim, or if the uh, season-long loan is set in stone, he might be an option. Eddie Nketiah is somebody who might get some more playing time, as we discussed. But in the long term, I don't think there's any grounds to give Danny Welbeck a new contract if we had already made our minds up that we weren't going to do that while he was fit and able and healthy to play. So, uh, look, it's it's terrible and it's always unfortunate to see somebody pick up a, a bad injury. Um, we still haven't got the full diagnosis, so maybe, fingers crossed, it's not as bad as we fear. But it's hard not to, to worry, isn't it, when you see a guy go off the pitch with oxygen and his foot in one of those air, uh, air socks or air boots or whatever they're called. So we'll keep fingers crossed for him and hope that uh, we'll see him again in an Arsenal shirt. And uh, he can make a bit of an impact before what feels like an inevitable departure next summer. Right. It's difficult to know what else to say on this particular episode. I know we have a a game against Wolves on Sunday. Players will come back into the squad. Lacazette, Leno, Bellerin, hopefully. Monreal could be back. Kolasinac, uh, Xhaka, Torreira, Ozil. These guys will come back into the team for what is a very important game on Sunday against a, a side that have been good this season, even though they they may well have benefited from uh, some, not illegal obviously, but rather unscrupulous uh, dealings with one of the big super agents. Uh, George Mendes, of course, is uh, highly involved with all the transfers or many of the transfers that are going in and out of that club. So, Mendes... He's a pal of Mourinho. Therefore, Wolves are a bit Mourinho to me. Not quite the fairy story some people would make out, so I'm looking for us to give them a good hiding on Sunday. Hopefully we can do that with the players that we've got back who are fresh, who can uh, add a bit more to our attacking game. We've got an interlull straight after that as well. So we need to go into this uh, into this particular international break with the momentum, with our unbeaten run intact, keeping pace with those other teams in the top four. Hopefully one or two might drop some points. It can all get a bit tight and condensed and squashed in that race for the uh, for the Champions League places. So uh, we'll keep fingers crossed for that. James and I will be here at some point with an Arscast Extra. Not sure if it's going to be Sunday or Monday. I'll keep you up to date on social media and on the website over the weekend. So keep an eye there. In the meantime, take it easy. Catch you on the next one. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.
2: Welcome back to Sky Sports News. The big story this afternoon. Tottenham have been found guilty by the Advertising Standards Authority for misleading fans into thinking their stadium was the only place you could watch Champions League football in London this season. Of course, they don't have a stadium and have fallen foul of advertising guidelines. As well as that, there's also legal action coming from fast food giant KFC who say that their logo, which is a chicken on a basketball, is in direct contravention to a new promotion they're carrying out alongside the NBA in the US. We reached out to Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy for a reaction. A spokesperson said he was too busy counting his £6 million a year he earns for presiding over the worst stadium construction anybody can remember. Next, though, on Sky Sports, Sam Allardyce tells us why eating seven cans of tin pumpkin a day is going to get him back into Premier League management.